selected and put in names, and uh, then we ask for a confidence vote and to be able to say, yes, we want these men as our elders. And so today we've come to the final step in that process, and that is being able to put those men as elders and have them start and have this be the process. The first thing I want to share with you, however, is that Jesus is really head of his church. The elders are not head of the church. Jesus is the head of his church. He's the one who died for it. He's the one who established it from heaven. He said, I will build my church. But he made place for other people when they work in this. So why do we really need elders? I mean, if we've got Jesus as head of the church and he's the one who's in charge of all things, do we really have to have elders? I mean, can't we just, you know, get by without them? Uh, There are several reasons why we would need elders. One is to realize that this is someone who is going to help us be able to accomplish things. There's no exact list as a job description of elders do this. And then you list a, a job description for every eldership everywhere in every congregation throughout all time. And that may be the reason why there is no job description, because elders are elders of the local church, and it's not an eldership of every church everywhere, but it is about the church that they have and who they have as people there. And so they are the ones who are being able to do things and plan with the church there. When you look at the qualifications, the qualifications don't really give us an idea of what elders are supposed to do. There are qualifications about character. There are qualifications about people that they live with, that they're a husband, that they have a a home, that they have children, that they have relationship with other people, that they're able to do all of these other things with other people. And so we recognize that, yes, they're in good standing with people inside the church, outside the church, But we also recognize then that people can say elders have experienced a lot of things. They have experienced some difficult things, perhaps. And they know how to deal with that because they've been there first. And that's what you really want as someone who knows how to deal with that if you find yourself in a difficult situation. Because they've been there before and they can understand exactly what it's all about. Perhaps one of the clearest scriptures is in 1 Peter chapter 5. Let's start with that one. He says, So I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the suffering of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you. Not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, he will receive an unfading crown of glory. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourself with all of you with humility toward one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And so Peter exhorts them as fellow elders, claiming himself to be one. He says, I want you to shepherd the flock of God, the flock that is among you. 
And so, once again, he's talking about the church where they are. A shepherd is a shepherd of his sheep, and so it's his flock, and the shepherd is in the middle of it a lot of times. He is the one who is taking care of the sheep that are his. He doesn't take care of everybody's sheep, but the ones who are his. And so, he exercises oversight. He sees all of the sheep everywhere. Somebody needs to have that place where they watch over everything going on, and so they need to know everything going on. Now, it's not that there might be other people working in that as well, but they are the ones who are able to look over everything and see everything. And so they see the big picture. They need to make sure that the sheep are fed and watered and taken care of. And there are other people that are appointed we see in the church. Sometimes they're called deacons. Sometimes they're just people who are appointed. Sometimes they're ministers. Sometimes they're people who are given a task or servants or People who would just jump in to help when it's needed. He said, do it because you want to, because it's something you see a need for. Do it because it's something that's good for somebody else. It's not just for your gain. Uh, it's because of other people. It's the way in which you do it is going to be very, very important. So that you're not domineering over other people, demanding that they obey you but that you are an example to the flock because you've gone before them and you've been able to do this before them. And so that's a different style of leading. It's easy enough to tell people what to do. It's much harder to give them an idea and let them volunteer to do it. And that's more the concept of an elder. He's one who sees what's happened. You know how it works when you try and tell your two-year-old what to do. Uh, sometimes you have to take a different track with that. And so elders are falling into that category. Then he says, I want you who are younger especially. I don't know why he singles them out. Other than having been younger and a little rebellious myself, I might understand that. That I want you to obey those people who are leaders, those people who are elders, because we recognize you're going to have difficulty with that. So I want you to be there, and I want you to be able to follow those men. And then the last thing he says is, God is a prose to the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And may that be all of us, every single one of us, that we are the ones who are humble before God, that we are the ones who would humble ourselves in the face of his work and his will. Well, it's like saying, why do children need parents? I mean, they can probably get along fine, can't they? They're able to figure out things. They're able to have lots of fun. They're able to do all kinds of things that uh, they could get along just fine. It uh, may not turn out quite as well as you're thinking, but they would think they were fine. And that's what happens a lot of times in a church. They're trying to do something good. They're trying to be helpful. They're, they're trying to, uh, you know, let people know how much that you love them and, and everything works well. It's just one of those things that, uh, yeah, just wait till you see the boy she's going to bring home in about 12 years. You might wish for the pig. Uh, basically, we don't all make the best decisions. That's what I'm trying to get to. 
In the same way children don't always make the best decisions, sometimes we don't make the best decisions. And so we need someone to watch over us. We need someone to see. We may think we're fine, and we probably are. However, it's always better if there's somebody else to watch over and to make sure and to say, ah, maybe not so much with the pigs. Uh, let's, let's pick a different, different animal here. Uh, one of the first times you see this happening is in Acts chapter 14. As Paul has been on his first missionary journey, he has established churches in several places. They are brand new churches. He has preached the gospel in the town. Churches begin. And then he is stoned in one place. He goes on to one more and then decides to come back. And we see this as he returns on his trip to each church. And so he says, when he had preached the gospel to that city, he had made many disciples. They returned to Lystra, to Iconium, to Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith, saying that through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. And when they had appointed elders for them in every church with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. And so you see Paul establishing churches on his first missionary journey. And as soon as he decides to come back through, he appoints elders. Why did he appoint elders? Well, once again, we get ourselves in trouble. We don't always make the best decisions. They're brand new churches. They're brand new Christians. And you might need someone to watch over everything and to make sure it's going well. And you would put people you trust in that position. People that you're sure of, people that you're able to know can do those things. And so they would appoint people to strengthen the souls of disciples, to feed the flock, to take care of the church that is there, to guide them in the work of God, to keep them faithful to the gospel. And so all of those things are part of this, this strengthening the souls of the disciples. And then he leaves elders who can also strengthen the souls of disciples. We always need to learn more. It just seems to always be that way. Sometimes it's not a matter of learning the facts. Sometimes it's a matter of learning how to put those things together. And we may need to learn how to put it together in a better way. With each stage of life that we go through and as we develop, we see different things that happen. And we see how we are not the same. And so perhaps our knowledge is there, but how to work it out is harder. And so we might need some people to be able to help with that, to put things together in a better way. I'm amazed at how many people know the Bible stories, and yet their life is a mess. I'm like, what happened? You know all these stories. You, you know what happened to the people there, and, well, I just didn't think it went like that. And so somewhere we've got to learn and take what we know, but turn it that into practical knowledge of how we live. The second thing is we need to feel better about serving. I know sometimes we want to serve and we're excited to serve and we're willing to serve. And sometimes we go, I hope he doesn't see me. I'm going to keep my head down and not raise my hand and hope somebody else does that. 
we're not just doing what we can to get by. We want to do what's best for God. We want to do real quality work. And I think all of us feel good when we're able to do that. But none of us feel good when we're stuck with it. And so let me encourage you to think of it that way and elders to think of that way as we follow the work of God and do His work that we want to do the quality work that God has and all of that is good and all of that is beneficial. And it is never a case where we're stuck with something that we aren't sure God really wants. Churches would be left with no direction Yeah, I've been in a few churches where the business meeting was the order of the day. I much prefer elders. That seems to work so much better. We need to be God's people. We need to be God's people in this world. We need to follow Jesus. And we need men who can lead like Jesus. Elders who are able to guide We need to obey the gospel. We need to help other people obey the gospel and to develop those spiritual relationships with God. And so today we want to ask men to lead us, to be elders among us. And so I'd like to ask for our current elders to come up and join me on the stage. If I can just have two of you stand on each side of me, that would be great. So you guys have been this for some time now. Jackie and Kevin were here when I came over 11 years ago. Chuck and Jack are newer, but you've been at this for a while now, long enough to know exactly what's coming and, and how all of this works. And so we recently asked all of you, the congregation, to affirm our elders and to give us a yes or no. Simple as that. We didn't want a whole lot of verbiage. What do you feel? Uh, 185 of you turned in responses that said, you know, we're going to let you know what, our, what we feel about this. It's like 95 to 98% said, these guys are great. We want them to be our elders. We want them as our leaders. That's just kind of staggering to, to think about somebody getting that much. Unless Jack turned in 100 of those. <laughs> no. <laughs> But that's a really good response, and it says something about these guys and about who they are, that we have confidence in you guys. We believe in you guys. And so this is a good thing. We've seen your example. We know how you love God. We know how you love us. We know that you, you pray about us and that you go to God for us. And so we believe in you as well. So Vince and CR, would you guys come and join us? Just one of you on either side. And so today we want to ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. And may God give you insight into the way that he wants us to go. I'd like for you to listen to the words of Paul as he gave the elders at Miletus when he called for the elders of Ephesus. Acts 20 verse 28. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God, which he 
obtained with his own blood. So that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock, and from among your own selves will rise men speaking twisted things to draw away disciples after them. Therefore be alert. Remember that for three years I did not cease night and day to admonish each one of you with tears. And now I command you, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. And so Paul talks about his hardship. He talks about the flock. He says, pay careful attention to yourselves and to the flock. This is them. You see them all the time. And there's a lot more out there that are sitting at home that we don't get to see as often, but they're still there as well. And so he says, the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. And we ask that Holy Spirit to be part of this process, to care for the church of God, because it's precious. It was purchased with the blood of Christ. But also comes the warning about people who would destroy that church. And they come from inside, it seems. There are fierce wolves, and certainly that was the case in Ephesus. Hopefully that's not the case here. But you need to be ready for that, to watch over us and to make sure that things are going right. And then Paul says, I commend you to God and to his word, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance. And so today we want to establish you as elders. Vince, if you would kind of stand in between them, and if you guys would, and CR, if you would stand in between them. One of the things that happened in Scripture is the laying on of hands to pass on things. This is not passing COVID. This is passing the Holy Spirit. And so when they laid hands on Paul and Barnabas, they sent them out. They laid hands on Timothy for a gift. In Ephesus, he laid hands on that they might receive the Holy Spirit. And so today, to make them elders, would you guys place a hand on their shoulder? Would you all pray with me? Our Father in heaven, we, we are your children. And we recognize that as children, we don't always know the best way. And we recognize that we need leaders. And God, we ask these men that you would fill them with your spirit, that you would guide them, that you would lift them up. We pray, Father, that you would give them your grace, and that that grace would be upon us, and that we might be a church that lives the grace of God and that we might be to the praise of his glory. And we pray that the glory of God can be seen in this church. We pray that as you give these men wisdom, we pray a blessing upon each one of them to allow them to guide us, to allow them to speak for us. And as Paul prayed, we also pray that According to the riches of glory, he may grant each one of you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge, that you might be filled with the fullness of God. 
and that you would be able to lead us to develop that as well. And so, God, we pray for boldness to speak, to be his people, to be his church, to speak his word. And we thank you for the men that we have who are willing to take this charge. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And so let me give you a, a charge for each one of you for what we're doing here. The charge is that you would be strong in the Lord, in the strength of His might. That you would keep God's Word in front of you always and be careful to do what it says. And the second part is that you would be filled. Filled with His Spirit in your decisions filled with wisdom, filled with maturity, filled as people who can see clearly and that have insight to lead the people of God. That's really what we need. And so we thank you for accepting that. Do you accept this challenge? That's great. Thank you so much. And we're looking forward to great times ahead. All right, you guys can be seated. And now I have something to say to the rest of you. Because not only is there a charge to them, there needs to be a charge to you as well. We can have the best elders in the world, and we will get nowhere unless there are people willing to respect them as elders. We need to be able to live our faith in courage. We need to engage the Word of God in our lives every day. We need to follow Jesus and do what He said and what His example was. We need to love each other and love God because you've all seen rebellious children. You've all seen how difficult they are. Let's not make the work for them harder than what it needs to be. Let's give them that. We can't expect great things if we aren't willing to give great things. And so it depends upon us as well to be able to follow the example that they set. To go forward as a new church, because every time you change the leadership a little bit, you're going to change the church. And so be ready for that. Be expecting that. There will be different things. Because this is Jesus' church, and he is the one who leads it. And he has given a place for elders and shepherds and overseers in the local church. We don't lead all churches everywhere. We're not trying to make a world statement for anything, but this is us, and this is where we are, and they have you guys, and that's all they have. They don't have elders everywhere else. They don't have flock everywhere else. They don't, we're not waiting for somebody to move in. It's us, Then it's us who are the ones who are going to be doing this, and if we need elders to overlook our work, then we need us to be doing the work. And be able to recognize that. This flock needs to respond to these leaders. 
and to be able to be aware of what's going on. We are God's church here. We are the only ones here. I always thought that was bad when there's two people in a room and someone comes in and asks for volunteers. Makes you want to go <laughs> like that, right? No, it's us. And so God is at work among us, and I think we can see that. And so I don't ask you to commit to the elders that we have selected. I ask you to commit to Jesus and to serve Jesus. And then it will be easy for these men to be elders if you are truly serving Jesus. One last passage from Ephesians 4 and verse 11. And this is what I really want us to be. It says, and he gave some, and he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, the teachers, to equip the saints for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body being joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly. It makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. That's the charge. That's what we want to become. And we become that as we look at other people around us and as we're able to see how this process works. And so let me just challenge you. We've asked these men to commit today to being our leaders, to being able to serve. So let me ask you to commit to serving Jesus to make your life right today. We are appointing elders, and we're asking a lot of them, and Jesus is asking a lot of us. And so let me just ask, if your life is not right today, let's make it right. Let's make sure you're the one who's able to follow Jesus as well, that you're the one who's able to be there, that if you have not repented and been baptized, that this is where you begin and that you will then learn and grow and be able to be involved in the work of his church. If we can help you in that, and maybe all of our elders can come up.